Welcome back, Junior Senior Two Views Podcast is on. It's Thursday, the 1st of June. Let's get right into it. Um, we'll start with the, the, the state of origin, which is in this country, New South Wales versus Queensland, uh, rugby. Let's do a recap of origin. The Blues obviously uh, lost that game. He's very quiet next to me. Um, was it more about the Blues... Mistakes or the Maroons just winning? Let me remind you of something. And I know we have a couple of listeners from Brisbane. So enjoy this Schadenfreude. And Joe from the Blocked Content, who we had on last episode, is a Queensland fan. So you can enjoy this uh, pain as well. New South Wales had 13 men on the field with 10... with at, On the... On the 68th minute, when Thomas Flegler was sin-binned questionably for a shoulder charge, which in my opinion should have just been the re- him going on report, I don't think he deserves to be sin-binned for 10 minutes. Meaning, Queensland were playing down a man for 10 minutes, with New South Wales up two. And somehow, someway, New South Wales managed to once again screw it all up. Again. Another year where they just lose their minds, lapse defensively, and give up a just a just a silly try that should have been avoidable. And speaking of inexplicable moments, I don't understand how a a forward, a prop, Lindsay Collins, out jumps James Tedesco, a fullback whose job it. It's specifically to catch high kicks, who then promptly plucks it out of the air and offloads it to Munster, who scores the game-winning try. I don't get it. I don't understand how that's possible. I really don't. This New South Wales Blues team every year finds a way, finds a way to just cause more pain and suffering upon me and the rest of the fan base. And it's depressing. Granted, there's one more game to save this series. But come on now. Let's be fair. It's in Suncorp. That place is the the equivalent of death to New South Wales in series deciding or series saving games. Look at the statistics. New South, the last time New South Wales won a decider, a third game decider there was 2005. The last time they won a second game there was um, 2021, and they were 1-0 up, which won them the series. But that was a really bad Queensland team, which were disorganized, and New South Wales were fully healthy. So, I don't know. It, I, I, what, am I, what else am I supposed to think other than it means more to Queensland? Because it looked like New South Wales had 13 individuals out there. Queensland had one team. That was the difference. One team. They were the by far the better team all night long. They controlled the forward pack. They were faster. They were more organized. They were well communicated. They were better coached. They just completely ran New South Wales off Adelaide Oval. And now serious questions have to be asked going into game two at Suncorp. Who's going to get dropped? Hudson Young, goodbye. Had a horrible debut. Uh, Luai probably gets dropped. And if Freddie doesn't win this, if they don't win this game, Freddie's gone. 
And I don't think he should be, but I think he will be. Okay. Um, We watched the game. I I believe that there were opportunities that the Blues had, particularly when they had interchange and put in some key players, which changed the momentum and the flow of the game. In particular, Cameron Murray and and Junior Powell. Right. But most people who are listening, if you are, don't know these guys, but they changed the complexity of the game. Uh, there was more pace. There was more quickness. You could see Brisbane's forward pack getting tired. Queensland's forward. Oh, sorry, well, Queensland. Sorry, the Maroons getting tired. Um, but I think when New South Wales did score and took take and took a twelve ten lead, they weren't playing to win. After that, they were playing not to lose. And As that, they do, they but, do that every year. But that's but that's that's my feelings that they they play tight. They want to get through their you know through their series. And then you know, Junior, Junior, Guy Junior threw away the ball. That started the first try. Um, there were mistakes in the game, and I, I don't know. I'm with you on the changes. I just don't know if they're going to make those kind of changes. Uh, they're kind of locked into the, you know, either players who play with each other at Penrith or used to. So they're stuck with some of these guys. I don't know if they're going to move them off. I was a little disappointed in. In Cleary, there wasn't any variety of kicks, no kick chases, whereas the Maroons were doing kick chases. They got a 40-20. They were doing chip kicks. They were doing different types of things to throw. They were doing early kicks in the in, in series. So these are the things that the Maroon, uh, Blues weren't doing. They were just doing bomb kicks. And I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen now. They go to Queensland. It's going to be a very difficult, difficult time. You're not going to watch it, but I'll watch it. And maybe we get surprised. What do you change? What do you change except the jersey? What do you change? Because for, for years, I've watched State of Origin since 2010. The record is 4-8. and eight. Queensland have won 8 series in this time frame when I've started watching Origin. Four times have the Blues managed to take the shield from them. What do you change? Select a guy. Drop a guy. Hire a new coach. Fire the coach. They've been doing that this whole time. No combination of players is enough because New South Wales, and I have to utter those words that Queenslanders have been screaming at New South Wales fans for years now. New South Wales don't get it. They don't get origin like the guys in the past did. Like Daly, like Mortimer, like even Freddie at times when he played. Stewart, those legends... They don't understand what it takes because they the mentality Queensland always have it. Okay. Always. Every year and New South Wales don't. Like it's constant. We'll just have to wait and see. Let's see how game two works out. Maybe if they pull out a miracle win, you might decide to watch a decider. We'll see. Yeah, if. We'll it's, see. It's it's at Suncorp. We'll it's see. at Lang Park. I'm going to watch and see the what cauldron. happens. The Cauldron. I'm going to watch and see what happens. All okay. Right. Switch Moving gears on. in basketball. Yeah. Uh, which recently fired coach gets the gets hired first? Nick Nurse, my bootenholzer, or Doc Rivers? You can even, well, you can even well, add in... Well, yeah. well Nick Nurse we has that's been changed. hired. Nick, yeah. her, Nurse got hired by, yes. the, um, by the 76ers uh, in a desperation move, I believe. Uh, and Monty Williams, you can even throw in there, got... Paid the highest salary in NBA history to join the Detroit Pistons. Ooh. Um, so, I mean, I guess break it down. I'm, I'm not... I don't dislike the hiring of Nick Nurse. 
I think the issue now is obviously switching gears to James Harden as to whether or not he wants to stay there, whether or not they're going to give him a Supermax contract. I think the pieces are there, and obviously they feel, the organization feels like Nick Nurse, who won a championship with the Raptors, that helps your street cred, mm-hmm. could get a chance to you know, do that same for uh, the Sixers. Uh, insofar as Monty Williams, um, yeah, it's a good contract. I didn't think he was going to be coaching reports. He, you know, he was going to take a break, but mm-hmm. he's not going to get a break with this team because the Pistons stink. Yeah, they're bad. I mean, like, like he's going from you know veteran team, a, a very experienced Sun team, had you know good years there to the Pistons. It's going to be. It's a long-term you know, project. Talk to Dwayne Casey. You should have a sit. You should have exit talk with him. It's a, it's a six-year. It's a six-year. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna be there for six years. It's, it's gonna a, feel like twelve years. I think it's a six-year contract. Yes, it's a long-term project. Yeah. So, and as far as look, I'm I'm surprised Budenholzer not yet. I'm surprised, but I think whatever his vacancies are out there, or will be out there. Maybe he won't want to coach. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that it doesn't surprise me. I think Bo- I coaching. think Bud steps away from coaching for a bit because. Um, of the tragedy that he experienced, yes. um, he's got a ring. Yeah. Um, he, I think right he, away. yeah, I think he steps away for to. a bit and tends to his mental health. I right. think he, I think he needs that. If he's that distraught, then he should step away. Right. So, are there any other vacancies that we're missing here? Right now, we don't. I don't really there think so. Maybe they've, they've right now, unless they, unless somebody gets fired. Right now, there's no I think, vacancies. Uh, I think Missoula gets another year, even though he. Well, we'll talk about was, that. We'll yeah. talk about that later. So, but, yeah. Okay, so um, the other the other coaching move was Adrian Griffin, who used to play with the Pistons and was an assistant in Toronto. Yeah. Is the new Bucks coach? Is that a good choice? I think it is. I think it is. If he was he an assistant during the 2019 season, I believe so. Well, then it's a good. Then I believe it's a good idea. I they want they want to go lateral. They bring in a guy that knows the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Griffin's resume is is solid, mm-hmm. and I think it's a it's a good hire. You need someone who's gonna. Um, Griffin's approach is more of like a is it's more of a firm approach, but he's also good. He's also relatable to the players. Right. He, he doesn't let them have free reign right. like Bud or Donovan. Well, he we don't know that. Yeah. He's an assistant. Yes. So but, as an assistant, he doesn't have necessarily Yes, but I believe that he allows, um, but he, he also allows them the freedom to do what they want to do. Well, and I think, uh, well, to um to play. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that works because I think, it, I think it's probably one of those situations where Again, you know, the assistants who are out there will now get a shot. And so I think it was a surprise hire because, you know, by all accounts, you know, people may have thought the Bucks would have gotten somebody a little more seasoned. But right now, thankfully, Mike D'Antoni is not going to be hired anytime soon. <laughs> okay. Um, your next question there. Um, how surprising if LeBron was to be traded? Now, well, that's all this talk now about the you know, ESPN potentially still bringing up LeBron. But potentially the Warriors. Still bringing up so the LeBron. Potentially Man, the ESPN, ESPN, ESPN. I don't think it's ESPN. Just look for any narrative. I don't know if it's ESPN. To cook up I don't about know, this I don't guy. know if it's Bleacher Report or ESPN, but that is word on the street is, you know, what if? You know, would the Lakers be 50, wrong 50. to get some, some, you know, to get younger and to get a few pieces? 50 bucks says, said it was Windhorst. 
who created this narrative because he's been on LeBron for about 15 years I think it's not necessarily Brian Windhorst and Brian Windhorst can say he'll do what he wants it's just thoughts and whether or not that would be something that the Lakers would entertain I don't think he's traded no no he's not traded now no I don't think he gets traded I don't think he gets traded but if you're the Lakers theoretically if it was an opportunity to go to the Warriors which I think LeBron wouldn't do I think that would Kind of taunt. I mean, look. Some people would say, not bad because he's he's gonna retire soon anyway. But one last shot, team up with Steph. That'd be nice. But then, is that gonna? The flip side is to it. It's not the first time he's left the team. Yeah. Would that really be this so bad? He wants to. You know, he wants so. to play with Bronny. I think uh, wherever Bronny lands, he's yeah, going to... Bronny's going to school now. Yeah, so but, I, so. but I think he'll wait out oh, this God. season and then Bronny to get drafted. He'll go to the organization that drafts oh, Bronny, God. play out one last season as father and son, and then retire into the sunset. Okay. Yeah. Let's just move on. Uh, new proposed rule for technical foul free, free throws for flopping from the NBA's competition committee. Could this work? So this th- is being th- moved. They're going to try it during summer ball to see if that's something that could happen. I think it should. I think that's a great idea. I think it's a fantastic idea to do that. Because flopping is just... Um, look, a lot of players do it. Um, and uh, players have had to adjust over time. A lot of the, the old the old heads say, Oh, flopping. It should be flopping. Well, look, if Jordan was in this era, he'd be flopping more than a salmon. That's what players do. They adapt to what's around them. Flopping, I don't know. It's it's a it's a cheap move, but players do it. But I think it's a good uh, punishment for it. But what con? It it just depends on what the NBA uh, constitutes as flopping. That's the thing, I guess, for me is why I'm, I'm. It's something to try. It's something to experiment with. But not every referee is going to see a flop the same as the next one. That's my con- that's So you my need opinion. a you need a bright line bright line standard. Well, on whether what- and, and whether or not that's going to be reviewable. Again, it's going to be something that's going to in my opinion, I don't necessarily know if it's something that requires that kind of level because it's going to take a real scrutiny to see whether or not that person flailed out and hit to the or ground or sold contact cuz cuz contact you can still sell it. You can right. Still sell so, I, mean, I, look, I mean, I think there's, again, you're, this is what we're sort of both on the same idea about is it's going to have to be what is the definition? You know, what, what constitutes, constitutes a flop, which leads to, look, I think it, it's sort of giving a warning to teams to say, look, if you do it, it's going to be technically a free throw. Yeah. You know, a technical foul. That could be a problem, you know, for the team that's trying to be close in the game. So yep. we'll see how that works. Thoughts about Car- Carmelo Anthony as he announced his retirement? Well, I'm not surprised. Clearly, he wasn't going to get picked up by a team. You know, I mean, like his last team he played for was what Portland? I mean, the Lakers. Sorry, Lakers. it wasn't. It wasn't Portland. It was Lakers. Sorry. So obviously, look, I'll, I'll say that he's definitely going to. Look, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to. He's going to make oh, the yeah. Hall of Fame. You know, oh, and yeah. despite the fact that he didn't get a championship. You know, that class of 03 with LeBron and D-Wade, you know, probably one of the best classes ever. Um, as a Knicks fan, you know, it was it was such a bold move. Well, he gave you some legit years. Oh, definitely. I don't, I just don't think he had enough help. You know, clearly 2012 was really the only playoff appearance for him and the team. He didn't have enough help. And didn't have enough help. But he, and then he also had the triangle merchant of Phil Jackson breathing out, down his neck. For three years, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that 
offensively, you know, just the skill of that shot. And, you know, Melo just had the smoothest shot in the league and was unstoppable in his yeah. prime. Well, um, so, I mean, I think the time that he spent in New York, the seven years, I mean, look. One I, person I, I believe that won't that won't really be um, extending well wishes will be George Carl because we know the history between those two. Yeah, yeah, no, um, they don't like each other. But, well, I did, and I don't blame, uh, look, I don't blame Carmelo for hating Carl because Carl's not a good person. Um, good coach, not a good person. But um, on Melo, great player. He's, I, there's been a lot of discourse over the past five years of him being overrated. Um, I... I don't. I think that discourse has died down over time. I don't believe he's overrated. I believe he's properly rated. He's a great offensive player. Uh, probably one of the best offensive players ever. Yeah. Uh, one of, easily one of the best shooters ever. Yeah. Uh, just the it speaks for itself. Was a winner in college. A winner in uh, Team USA. A um and. And goes so far as to say a winner in the NBA too. We went to the Western Conference Finals. That's more than I can say for Chris Paul and his for uh, until his what ninth season yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. So it, look, Melo didn't make the finals. Chris no. Paul did, right. but Melo Melo was just an amazing player in his prime. Was legit the face of the league for a time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Moving on. You got this one. Right, and an NHL playoff. So we now know who are playing. Who's going to not, the finals. Yeah. It's not Ferrari and and, and Porsche teams. So yeah. we, we know that this is going to be... Oh, Can- know, Canada, Canada is melting. Yeah. And I love and we're to gonna, see it. I love We're going to have Vegas and, and, and the Panthers. The, the, the Golden Knights and the Panthers. And it's, the Golden Knights are considered to be the favorites in the series. But Track back to um, yeah. uh, the predictions for the playoffs. No, I nobody had the, had the I had Panthers the Panthers absolutely going nowhere. Of course. Because nobody thought that. Because of a couple things. Bobrovsky looked rough during the season, being paid ten million dollars. Uh Kachuk was great throughout the regular season, but they didn't have depth because they had to give up Huberto Uyghur in that trade. Yep. Um and they barely had draft picks to compete with because they've emptied out their asset pool to fund these um these Deep playoff runs or attempts at deep playoff runs, um, and last year really left a sour taste in my mouth because they choked so badly in the second round, getting swept by their uh, by their younger brother in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, um, and their more successful younger brother, mind yes. you. Yes. So now they're finally make made their first ever finals in franchise no second ever finals in franchise history they did make one uh i believe in the late 90s with that fun team uh of those of those panthers that those were some good teams but they made it here matthew kachuk is a pest but oh my god he is an amazing amazing hockey player yeah he is incredible uh, just a pure goal scorer can deke around you. Not afraid to go straight through you. Just may I, may I, may I surmise Cam Neely esque. Yeah, he's that good. So I mean, this is going to be interesting playoffs. I I would give the edge to the Golden Knights just because they the have Knights, the home field. They have the, the home, Knight, they have the, the Knights have home ice, home ice so advantage. That and I the, think matters. And the Knights are deep. They're without Mark Stone. Yeah. And they were without Robin Lehner, which could be an issue. But 
my God, they have talent galore. Yeah. Eichel has been great this the, these playoffs. Um, their their defense has been really good. William Carlson has shown up. They have a legit squad, but the Panthers have momentum. Oh, they have so much. I, I, that's why I'm just thinking I don't want to count them out because their resume in this playoff speaks for itself. And I'm not going to. I have the Panthers winning in seven. Yeah, I'm not going to count them out because they have overcome so. They've earned that right for me. They've overcome so much in this playoff. In these playoffs, not to lose. To not lose now. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Vegas has the metal or the depth All right. to do it. So let's just go back for a second, and I think we sort of missed something, which I yeah. think is important. Which it's the summer of discontent in Boston, right? Oh, yeah. Which oh, yeah. so 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 which which team do you believe? You know which 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 Boston team do you believe is the most going to be the most miserable? The recently. Drop They're, Celtics or honestly, or, or, it, honestly or, just replace or the Bruins. Uh, just um, swap the team's colors, and you wouldn't tell the difference because they're both the same. The Celtics and the uh, Celtics won in two thousand eight. Boston won in two thousand eleven, and they just have sort of done not a whole lot since. Yeah. So the the Bruins have choked since then, choked in multiple. Ser- multiple series, yeah. and this past year was the biggest one. The biggest one. I- I'm going to say that the Celtics, because, and I don't watch the Bruins or the hockey as much. I think for the for me, the Celtics, because they, they were. I mean, I guess there was so much anticipation for you, Game Seven. Where, where do you go from here if you're the Celtics? I think there was so much anticipation for Game Seven yeah. to defy history. Yeah. But they created their own they problem. They stunk it up. They created their own problems by losing three straight games. Yeah. And so, in all fairness, you know, the Celtics got luck of the Irish. Yeah. Because they should have been dispatched in game six in Philly. Yeah. And that's Philly's summer of discontent. Yeah. They should have been dispatched in game six in Miami. And lo and behold, Derek White wasn't boxed out, as we can, yeah. as we saw in the instant replay. Yeah. And they ran out of puff. And yeah. they, they shot... A woeful nine of twenty-one from three, and they were trying to shoot their way out of the game. And so, Jalen Brown, goodbye. Really, I don't see him coming back. Really, he wants a max contract. Boston's not going to pay him that. Well, that's the question: but is the, whether or not they're going to trade him or but not. But the Bruins, I think, for both teams, where do you go from here? Because the Bruins, uh, hmm. Krejci might go back to Europe. This might have been Bergeron's last year. Uh, how much? Marshawn is thirty-four. Yeah, how much does he have left? Mm. So you you resign uh, David Pasternak to a ba- a big contract. Yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a good contract for what he provides. Yes, um, but how are you going to? You've given up so much assets. How how do you build from within? Because it, it's not just that. The fact that uh, Cam Neely and Don Sweeney have just created this boys club insular thinking mentality. Where they've drafted poorly mm-hmm. in the past decade, they've drafted really, really, really poorly and not developed all that well either. Some guys they've developed, like um, like Tory Krug, who's gone, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Charlie McAvoy, who's now their uh, blue line anchor. But who? Where do you go for both teams? Cel- the Celtics, Brown's gone. What do you do with this locker room? Because this is now what. The fifth year they've they haven't managed to get it done. 
Well, I don't look. I I think nothing really changes. I'm not sure about Jalen Brown. You know, it's a risk to go into next season knowing he's his last year. Um, Joe Mazzulla will keep his job. I cannot see. I think he was. Look, I think he needs to work on his clock management. Not clock management and his sort of getting grisly with the press doesn't help. I, I think he's a young guy who got out coached by Eric Spolster, who next. Standing with Popovich is, you know, NBA elite as far as coaches go. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just leave it there. Oh, Spolstra's in that in that category. Of course, Spolstra's yeah. in that in that upper echelon for of me. Of course, of course. Moving on. So, should the Vegas Raiders be concerned that Jimmy Garoppolo just had foot surgery? <laughs> uh, when will teams learn that skinning the Patriots alive doesn't work? Unless you have Brady, Belichick, and Kraft. It doesn't work. When will teams learn? It's the Dunning-Kruger effect. You you skin the Patriots alive with Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo, and it just blows up in your face constantly. They're, they're so cash-strapped, they can't even fire McDaniels, and now they've given their cash to a guy that might not even be able to play. This is This is just peak... Peak Mark Davis. Peak Mark Davis. Well, I, this is what you get with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I, I, I'm not too... I don't know if, you know, I guess by all accounts, it's what's going on behind closed doors. You know, I'm sure in front of the cameras, in front of reporters, they'll say, you know, we're, you know, this is Jimmy. He was going to get surgery anyway because, you know, he didn't finish the season with the 49ers. He failed his but, physical, though. But I know, and this is, this is what this is what it's about. This is who Jimmy Garoppolo is. This is why... You know the Jets didn't jump on him. No other teams really ran to him because they know that he's he's paper mache. Because no other t- right. no other teams right now want to do their rent a quarterback. No, the Colts tried it, and look at where it's got them now yeah. begging on the the shoulders of a project in Anthony Richardson. Oh well, okay. moving on, moving on. Okay, um, Patrick Mahomes says that legacy and winning championships are more important to him than money. Is he right to feel this way? I believe so. He's gonna make his money. If he can, he, he's gonna restructure. He's gonna make his money. He's he bought a stake in uh, in a sports franchise. I believe he bought a stake in the Royals. He's gonna make money. He'll make money off endorsements. He wants to win championships. He's got two of them things already. He's gonna rack up more with this team. So it, as long as Reed is around, as long as Kelsey's around, they have that foundation to build off of, and. I think he has a right to feel that way. There's a possibility they could get Frank Clark back. Mm. He wasn't great last season, but that's a piece. Yeah, that's a piece you can add in the depth. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I don't. I think right now, you don't have. This will be the first season in over twenty something years where you don't have Tom Brady to sort of use as the the template to reach that. Right. Yeah. But the next the next person in line is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So. You know, as far as that goes, he's now what other teams are chasing after. The Chiefs are now the other, you know, what other teams are chasing after, trying to knock off. And all roads go through Kansas City if they, you know, somehow with their draft picks and their personnel and the way they do things, you know, can be successful and be able to, you know, work their way into a successful season and and and, and control home home field advantage. So yeah. I think it's it's. It's 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 not surprising that he'd say that, and you're right. He's getting, making forty five million dollars a season, so that's not 
cry, you know, cry yeah. poor for him. Uh, on top of the commercials, on top of this, and doing this and showing up here and there, I don't think he's hurting for cash. No. And you know, if it's chasing, it's about legacy. Then he is what everybody else is chasing after. All roads lead through Arrowhead, and also someone never, ever, ever let that Cincinnati mayor talk again. Yeah. Never let him speak. Never let him speak again. Okay. Next Moving question. on. Um, should the MLB mandate the A's to stop playing for the rest of the season? Yeah, why not? Just say, look, we're going to simulate your games. You guys stink. We're going to simulate your games. Right? You're now 12 and 46. I mean, you have 12 wins. You have five less wins than Kansas City. Look, Kansas City just as bad, but you're on a pace to lose. Well over a hundred games, you know. I just don't stop. The, the, I mean, I'm just saying it's it's a joke. It's basically Rob, throwing it out there. Rob Manfred does not care. He does not care about how the A's are doing. He cares about profit. The A's are fiscally solvent right now because they got rid of their best pieces. They got rid of everyone down to the studs. Their foremost acquisition this offseason was Alemis Diaz. Alemis Diaz. So now they're going to be moving to Las Vegas all um, for all intents and purposes. And the MLB wants um, expansion in the – they want expansion into the Vegas area in the form of either this team or a future well, it'll be them. team. It'll or, be them. Or a future expansion. No, it's going to be them. They will get a franchise in Vegas. It'll be them. That's it. This is there's nothing there. This is this is a bad baseball team. There are three people in the stadium right now watching the yeah, game. Yeah, this is a bad baseball team, and it sits on the shoulders of two individuals, John Fisher and Dave Cobble. It sits on them. This is what they've done to make this franchise. They've they've sandbagged their fan base um, because they didn't want a mass backlash when it was finally time for them to move. So they decided to just. Tell fans, hey, we're going to get rid of all our best pieces uh, for a team that needed to add, so don't even bother showing up. Not e- not only that, they hiked up concessions and parking and season tickets. Who wants to park there? And, and, Who wants to go Oco? there? Who wants to go to Oco? <laughs> that place is horrible. Oh, well. But, and A's fans have been making their feelings known all, all season long, all tw- tw- 20 of them. Right now, there's there's like 2,000 people that show up to a game on average at Oakland Coliseum. Why? I I don't. And look, I I feel bad for A's fans. I really do. Because this is 55 years of history that's been thrown away. Four championships. List off names. Fingers. Eckersley. uh, Vida Blue. The late Vida Blue. Blue. The late Vida Blue. Yep. Uh, Sal Bando, you have Reggie Jackson. Reggie with, Jackson. You have the Bash Brothers in the late 80s with McGuire and Canseco. Yeah. Eckersley in the bullpen. Uh, Carney Lansford. I can, I can name off Dave Stewart. You know, these aren't the same teams. And you had, you had um, probably one of the greatest Ricky players Henderson. of all time, Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Henderson. Yeah, yeah. This is history that they're leaving in the dust oh. for money and prestige. And it's business. really, really sad to see because the A's are a, are a likable team when they're good. They're a likable <laughs> team when they're good. Likable team and, when they're good. When they're not likable now, they stink. But now, it, but I don't blame the players or the fans. It yep. sits on Cobble and it sits on Fisher. 
And yep. Fisher and watch when they move to when they move to um, Las Vegas and the franchise of their the value of their franchise skyrockets. Guess what Fisher's going to do? Mm-hmm. He's going to sell the team immediately and make a profit. Yeah. Businessmen don't sell their assets at a loss. They don't. No. That's why Fisher's not selling now. Moving on. All right. So you can answer that one. Uh, think about uh, how are the Orioles winning with their current record of? No, it's not current uh, now. That record's changed. So their current record. Sorry, I'm just looking yeah. at the Orioles' record. It's 35 and 21. They're they might be done with the rebuild. They really might be. Um, they they have legitimate franchise faces emerging in Adley Rutschman. Um, they have an elite bullpen headed by Felix Bautista. And you know what's and Gunnar Henderson as well is still developing in the minors. You know what's scary? They have more on the way. Grayson Rodriguez is still in the minors, one of the best pitching prospects out there. And Jackson Holiday is still in the minors. Yep. This is a scary baseball team yep. that no AL team wants to face. Well, it just took time, didn't it? I mean, that's what happens, right? I mean, we think back to the 2019 season. It was giving up the the most home runs in a single season. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, but I think it's just took taking time for them to get to get the young players up and for them to mature and for them to get better. And that's 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 happened with the Orioles. Historically, that happened with the Astros when they went from the NL to the AL. When they did the transition from the NL to AL, as a side note, they stunk. But then yeah. the young guys got better. So for the Orioles, they rely on speed. I've seen them play. They don't. And they're not a power team. They rely on contact and hitting, hitting, hit, hit and run. Uh, it's Gunner, all, Gunner has some power. Yeah, but Adley has power. I know, but it's it's a lot of it has to do with the pitching and speed and defense. Yeah, and they have put it together. And I think. You know, I think they've turned a in the, corner in a competitive AL East as well. Yes, it's one of the most competitive. It's the divisions. most competitive division, and they're only five the off the pace from the race. So that's, that's yeah, the they're a good baseball team yes. that could really make some noise come October, yeah, or come September. Yeah, this could be a really good baseball team down the line, and yep. I am really excited because a good Baltimore team is good for baseball. Yeah, I mean, course. remember those Baltimore teams with Machado and Mancini? Yeah, those were good teams to watch. So, I'm very excited to see this new iteration of the Baltimore Orioles. All right. Next question is, think about where the Mets would be if they didn't have Pete, Pete Alonso. Uh, they'd be pretty bad. They'd be well under 500. But, um, look, I'm very encouraged by the guys that they brought up. Um, uh, Francisco Alvarez has been dominant since coming up from the minors. He's hit gangbusters. His pitch framing has been excellent. And he should be. And he's become the everyday catcher. Now, they will have a long jam at catcher. Gary Sanchez, Thomas Schneido, and Nomar no- Omar Navarez. They will have a long jam, but they will have to solve that very right. soon. So, back to Pete. I think, I mean, look, this is the thing. I, I, I think people have to understand. And, and those in New York know, and Met fans understand Pete Alonso. Understand that these very important things. He, he, I don't believe he's ever going to hit for, for average. No. But he's but, a power guy. But he's going to make those big, and he's a pretty decent fielder. He's not a five-tool guy, but he's going to hit home runs. He's got twenty right now. It's probably you know I think he's tied in the in in baseball. I think Judge is right up there with him. But he's also durable. Yeah, he's shown up to every single game so far. Last season, 
he played 160 out of 162 games. So that tells not me that... Not including playoffs. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that is impressive. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's not enough... I don't think there's enough enough respect towards what he's done. Yeah. Because the Mets would have been in, in last place right now. But right now, the Mets are finally starting to maybe round it together. The pitching, maybe. The pitching staff has been better. Yeah. The, the two aces have been better. Yeah. Scherzer and Verlander have been, been better. up and down. Senga has been incredible. Yeah. He's um, been the savior for them, not yeah, Verlander. Yeah, Senga has been not great. Um, hopefully, they get Quintana back, but they need to fix that bullpen, man. That yeah. is a cause for concern. It dropped them two against the horrible Rockies. Yeah. And it, they can't let it cost them more games like that. All right. We're coming to the end of the show. Yeah. Um, happy birthday belated to the great Jerry West uh, player of obviously in the great years with the Lakers. He is the NBA because his image and likeness is stitched to every single jersey. Uh, whether it's replica or official, we might uh, we might get a new it, we might get a new logo in the coming years because he said he doesn't want to be the logo anymore. Right, that's fine. And he was a coach of the Lakers as well, uh, exec with Executive. the Lakers. Let's think about the architect of the Shaq deal getting Shaq to L.A. Um, he went from L.A. to L.A. Clippers went to Memphis has gone back. You know, he's sort of an advisor guru. He's a lifer. Yeah. So happy birthday to Jerry West, the great Jerry West. Uh, Happy birthday to Broadway Joe, Joe. Willie Namath, who Joe turns cool. eighty, just turned eighty. Um, Joe yeah. Cool. He he's he'll never you know have to pay for a meal in New York, oh, obviously. Never. And never. is the is the you know uh, the face of the franchise in the sixties. The one and only Jet uh, you know Jet Championship was prepared to clean off his number twelve and hand it to Aaron Rodgers. You know, the but sad- Aaron Rodgers said not. Nah, I don't want it. I'll wear my number eight that I wore in college. You know the sad thing? Um, outside of Rodgers, he's probably the best quarterback the Jets have ever had. Yeah. and it, Well, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's you, you it. can do a list of that's all the it. other quarterbacks. So. Chad Pennington. Yeah, Vinny. Yeah. Had a couple good years. Vinny. Uh, Vinny did all right. Yeah, he was okay. Um, um, you also had... No, I don't want to go through the whole list. You also had Mark Sanchez. I, I don't want to go through the whole list because it's the Jets and I don't care about Jets. <laughs> all right. Lastly, happy birthday to Buck. So Walter turned sixty-seven. Yeah. It's having a challenging season, but you know, then the, all the Mets need to do is hang tight. Yeah. They don't have to win the division to get in the playoffs. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Let's not worry about it. We're gonna get there. So that's the end of our show. Yeah. If you're coming from TikTok or other streaming services, welcome. We do this what one two times a week. One one or two times a week for the playoffs next week. Uh, we're gonna have finals. a. We're gonna finals be start on Friday. into both the NBA and Stanley Cup finals. It's gonna be a very exciting time. More baseball. Uh, some some maybe NFL news coming. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll have that for you. Until then, we'll see you. Bye.